0: Hello, Substackers. How goes it? It's your boy, Corey Ryan Forster. Right off the bat, I want to say that if you are listening to this from Chattanooga, Tennessee, I will be with you at the Comedy Catch uh, next Thursday, October 19th. I'm headlining one night only. It's at 7 p.m. You can get them tickets at thecomedycatch.com. It's going to be super fun. Also, if you're in uh, Asheville, this is a little bit further out, but hey, people like to plan ahead. If you're in Asheville, December twenty eighth, I will be at the Gray Eagle, uh, so that's going to be a blast. I can't wait. And also, uh, if you've ever, if if you live in Asheville and you've seen me before, uh, not only is this going to be completely new material. But it's going to be a completely different type of show, because my good buddies, and some of y'all may remember them from opening up for us in Knoxville, Good Cop Rad Cop is going to be opening for me. They are a hilarious, I mean truly fucking great, comedy uh, two-man band, and they're going to be opening for me, but they're also, surprise, surprise going to be joining me on stage to do some new very experimental stuff that i'm only able to do because my openers happen to be uh, a band so i'm pretty pumped so if you're in Asheville, come check that out also i appreciate everybody who has bought the book who's told their friends about the book around here and over yonder it is selling super well and uh, i'm very happy about that y'all have uh, made my dreams come true once again y'all stay doing it Okay, now that all that's out of the way, I want to talk a little Atlanta Braves. And before you leave, before you're someone who's like, I don't even watch baseball anymore, or I don't care, I promise you that the point of the story is worth sticking around for because it's more sentimental uh, than anything. I don't think you have to like baseball. But I would like to preface it by saying that the reason I'm I'm even thinking about this Brave story that I got to be a part of in my grandmother's living room Uh, In 1997, when I was a wee 10 years old, has just been on my mind lately because the Braves are, you know, once again in the title hunt. Uh, They play the Phillies as we're talking in three hours. They're down in the series. It's not looking good. I ain't gonna lie. Um, Even though, dude, a couple, and I haven't been into baseball in a very long time, I never stopped, like, you know, liking baseball. It's just like, I don't know, when I was a kid, I liked sitting around for four and five hours watching a thing, and now I don't, and a lot of it was my granny, like that was time that we spent together, and I'm not going to lie, y'all know how emotional and how big of a wimp um, I can be. I wasn't really able to watch a lot of Braves baseball after my granny died, because like that was just our thing, and as y'all know with habits, uh, it's... It's, uh, it's super hard to get into good ones, and once you've broken them, it's almost impossible to get back to it. But regardless, they have been exciting as of late. Uh, matter of fact, a couple games ago, one of the most insane defensive plays I have ever seen in my life. If you were watching, you know what I'm talking about. But it was preceded by Austin Riley hitting a home run to give us the go-ahead, and then it's bottom of the ninth. Braves are on D. Uh, uh, Nick Nick Castellanos, Castellanos, I think is how you say his name. He's the dude, by the way, who uh, he's famous for, for some reason, every time he has an at-bat, the announcer, uh, whoever's calling the game, is in the middle of announcing some sort of tragedy or accidentally making uh, a flub, like accidentally saying something racist. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up. Like, that's like kind of the running joke. It's like, I, I, like I think there was a meme that was like, "Oh, the second tower, you know, just just <laughs> the, the second plane just hit the tower." And Nick Castellanos, you know, <laughs> ground rule double, whatever. It, it's really insane how often it's happened. Um, so what happens is Castellanos hits a you know a a bomb. Michael Harris jumps up, grabs it. That's one out, and then. I mean, throws an absolute bomb, which gets past the second baseman. But Austin Riley, who, as I told you, hit the go-ahead home run, just happened to be in the right place and flips it to first because Bryce Harper's dumbass was doubled up. He, <laughs> and So, like, not only did we win, but we embarrassed Bryce Harper, which was absolutely uh, amazing. And at that point, it was like, oh, my God, the Braves are going to do it again. And then, as uh, some of you know, we got uh, our proverbial shit pushed in the next game. We lost by, like, ten runs. But, you know, my point is it's been exciting to be a Brave as of late. And when I was a kid, dude, like, the Braves were it. I'm way more of an NFL guy now or just football in general, you know, mainly NFL. Like, that's my top sport. But when I was a kid – it was baseball and that's not just me that was everybody like it was still america's game in the 90s and brave the braves were america's team like not only were they great but like everybody loved them and you know oftentimes that don't happen when you're great now granted it's not like the braves won the world series every year and was pulling some yankees shit you know or some patriot shit but We, I mean, dude, we were guaranteed to win the pennant every year. I remember, I can't remember when it was, but it was like in the early 2000s, we didn't win the pennant. And that's when it occurred to me that like, oh, right, that can happen (laughs) because we just did it, you know, every year. No one on earth, however, was a bigger fan of Braves baseball than my granny Bain. Y'all have heard me talk about my granny Bane. I've written about her in the books uh, that I've, I've read, uh, for those of you that, you know, maybe joining us now for the first time, my granny Bane was, uh, technically my great grandmother, but I called her granny Bane because my mama called her mom. And the reason my mama called her mom is because my mom's actual mom is a certified bag of dog shit and just gave my mom up when she was four or five years old Uh, and my granny, who was her mother-in-law was like, uh, I'll take her and I'll raise her. Right. Uh, because my granny's son, uh, who did the, uh, fathering of my mother, he, uh, he also didn't hit. It's just that you couldn't convince my granny of that because he was still her baby boy, you know? But anyways, my granny raised my great granny raised my mom and therefore she's granny to me. She's not, was not only my grandmother, she was my best friend. She was the sweetest lady on earth. She was the best cook. You know, all the stereotypical grandma shit, that was her. And old people in the South loved them some Braves, and my Granny Bane loved the Braves even more than all them old people put together. I promise you. And the story I'm about to tell was a part of the 1997 season. And 1997, I mean, that might have been peak fandom for me personally because like we had you know we had won the world series in 1995 so everybody was you know extra hype for the years that followed also I'm 10 years old and I'm playing 9 and 10 baseball and 9 and 10 baseball uh, for those of you who don't know that's like that's a big that's a big step up in little league and you certainly feel like you're one of the big boys. You know, like you kind of start feeling it a little bit in seven and eight, but in seven and eight, there's still a lot of coach pitch. So like, you know, five and six, you're doing, you know, it's basically T-ball, you know, hitting off the tee. Seven and eight, your dad or whoever is the coach, mine just happened to be my dad, he's the one that pitches to the kids. They're laying them in soft. It's whatever. But basically, like, the pitching element is nothing in the game. So like... As long as you could hit the ball, you know, the games could just go how they were going to go based on defense or whatever. But then 9 and 10 comes along, and it's kid pitch. It's weird, you know, our buddies are now throwing them at us. We're beaming people in the head. It becomes more of a game, and you start feeling like, you know, we all used to you know, watch the Braves, and also we just watch – you know, the the dudes play at our high school and be like, that's we're, we're kind of like them now. We're throwing the ball. You know, I got hit in the ribs because, like, your dad was never going to hit you in the ribs. And if he did, it wouldn't hurt because they throw it, you know, very, very slow. So 97, you know, is not only a peak year for my fandom of the Braves, but also just for baseball in general. The Braves had th- that. that This is when, like, I, I don't... I, I want to say that their pitching was probably at its peak at this moment and that's what the braves were really known for in the 90s even when they didn't win the title they were you were almost guaranteed that there was going to be a brave who won the cy young award right i mean we had uh let's see of course john smoltz we had greg maddox uh there was who were some of the relievers mark mark wolers i remember wolers because he was like the first dude i think that i remember uh Throwing 100 miles an hour like that I saw, because that was not, that's very common now, but it wasn't common back then. Of course, Tom Glavin, the lefty, I always loved watching him pitch. Uh, oh, Kenny, uh, uh, what was his name? No, Kerry, Kerry, it was Kerry lightenburg but my granny and all the rest of the people called him Lightenbug, uh, Lightning, Kenny Lightningbug. and uh, I remember he he used to wear his socks up real high, like old school, and so I started doing that, in baseball, uh, there was also Brad Klantz, who in my child brain I thought was related to Roger Klantz from the show uh, Doug. Uh, God dang, I can't. It doesn't. I don't have to name every single pitcher, and thank God because I can't uh, remember them. But I, you know, this was the team of, of course, my main man Chipper Jones, my favorite Brave of all time, Mark Lempke, who go go look up a picture of Mark Lempke and tell me that he does not look like a 70s or 80s. Hornstar. He 100% does. You got Jeff Blouser, who I don't remember if he just came from the Cubs or he was about to go to the Cubs. We had a lot of – like Tom Glavin went to the Cubs. No, Maddox, Maddox played for the Cubs. Tom Glavin ended up going to the Mets. That one hurt way more. Uh, there is uh, – there was Fred McGriff, the crime dog, uh, Mike Mordecai, uh, let's see, Outfield, Andrew Jones, the best uh, – I mean, in my opinion, the best outfielder of all time. Uh, I think he might have been the youngest person to ever win the Golden Glove. He was amazing. Kenny Lofton uh, and Ryan, I believe Ryan Klesko, who sometimes played first base, I believe that he was actually playing uh, in the outfield at this time. And then last but not least, and I save him for last because he is who the story is about. We also had Raphael... Belliard, okay? Raphael Bellyard was a shortstop. Uh, He was often our second string shortstop because Jeff Blauser was numero uno. And Raphael Bellyard, much like several wonderful baseball players, was from the Dominican Republic. Um, I'm not sure at 10 if I knew even what that meant. You know, I just knew that he wasn't from America. Like, that's literally you know all I knew about the dude now he now he's not here's the thing about Raphael Belliard and a thing as a kid that I didn't really understand Raphael Belliard was not a power hitter like Raphael like you Raphael Belliard is not gonna bomb one but he's a, he's a good he was a decent base hitter but more importantly his defensive skills were unbelievable this is why he's on the brakes. matter of fact he's so much not of a power hitter that it was a running joke with the announcers, like they would just bring up almost every time Raphael Belliard was at bat that he had never hit a home run with the Braves, right? He had hit, I think, one, it, it was, it was like 10 years before he had hit one with like the Pirates. But like it was a joke. Like Raphael Belliard's not gonna hit a home run. And when I'm a kid, when I was a kid, like I thought home runs were the benchmark of what made you a great baseball player. Could not be further from the truth. Although I guess once the steroid stuff happened, it's like, yeah, you better be jacking some home runs, right? But he'd never, he'd never hit one. It was just always the joke. Poor little Raphael Belliard. And my granny loved Raphael Belliard so, so, so very much. Like he was one of her favorite players on the team. I think her actual favorite... Well, I mean, dude, Chipper Jones was her actual favorite. He was everybody. She named her dog Chipper Jones. But Chipper Jones was probably just the best player. But Granny had soft spots for everybody. I remember it was like Raphael Belliard. Like, she talked about him like he was her son. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she had a literal tender love for Raphael Belliard. She also loved javi lopez and i've i think i've mentioned this several times but like granny was a big christian woman and also from you know the rumors of my childhood and i firmly believe this my granny and my grandpa only had sex literally one time that's where they conceived their son and then they didn't do it anymore and i'm i promise you i'm not i'm not doing the thing where you're like oh that's just what your granny told you they had separate bedrooms dog Like they, they, they didn't. And now a lot of the reason why, and, uh, I'm allowed to do this because this is my own family. Um, but we've since sort of come to believe that my grandfather was a closeted homosexual. Um, that's just what, Every, everyone's vibe is. And of course, when we bring this up, uh, no one in my family does so in any form of a negative light. We are all very, you know, well, I won't say everybody in our families super progressive, but like, you know, when it comes to gays, we, the gay people, we absolutely are. Like that's never, even though we're in the South, that's never once been a thing where my family or my grandparents have said anything. And perhaps it's because they all had the inclination that Papaw was gay. And so they were accepting of it. But that was just, uh, just kind of what everybody thought. I was not going to talk about this in this podcast. But it just sort of slipped out. Um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Where, where the fuck was I even? It doesn't matter. My granny absolutely loved rafi oh yeah oh yeah i was saying she was a big christian woman who was not someone who was into doing the the making whoopee um but the way she talked about javi lopez made me feel like she was she was getting as close to the line of innuendo as her southern baptist sweet grandma self would allow herself to i think javi lopez did something to my grandmother in a uh, in a sexual way That's all I'll say. Anyways, it is 1997, September 26th, I believe. Um, The Braves are playing the Mets, all right? We hate the Mets. We hate the Mets. They're at Shea Stadium. We hate the Mets. The Mets hate us. Uh, fun fact: I don't know if y'all know this. Uh, Chipper Jones, like, was just known for hitting home runs and throwing motherfuckers out in in New York. He owned Shea Stadium so much that he named uh, he named his daughter Shea, and also the Mets class acts, in my opinion. When Chipper Jones retired, they had a Chipper Jones Day at Shea Stadium. In a way of them being like, "Look, bro, you know we know that you're on the opposing side, but you have owned us for years in such a bad way you have owned us so here uh, we do this out of respect for you so sixth inning, I think, Raphael Belliard comes up to bat and what I'm about to tell you is how I remember it that does not in any ma- any way mean that that's how it happened, but this is how I remember it. I remember the announcers once again doing their whole, like, Raphael Belliard, oh, you know it ain't going to be a home run with Raphael Belliard, right? He steps up, takes a couple pitches, right? And then Brian Bohannon, pitcher of the Mets, winds up, pitches. Raphael Belliard cracks the bat. Left field, home run, baby. The dugout's clear. I mean, you would literally think that they had won the World Series because Raphael Belliard had finally done the unthinkable. He hit a home run. People were going absolutely insane. Literally, the dugout cleared. Like, they come on, and it's the sixth inning. It wasn't a game winner. It wasn't anything like that. And I'm telling you, this part I know 100% is true. My grandmother stood up, started clapping, as if she was at the game and then was almost inconsolably crying, like just weeping, tears of joy. And she was just saying things like, oh my God, my Raphael, my I'm so proud of that young man. Like literally like this had happened to her son and she wouldn't stop crying. And at 10 years old, I didn't know what there was such thing as happy tears. And so I'm just going, Granny, what's wrong? Granny, what's wrong? And she tells me, she said, I'm just so happy and I'm so proud of him. And looking back on it now, that, that, the word proud being used here, I don't think that she was being facetious or that that was some sort of exaggeration. I genuinely believe she was proud of him. If she had have had his address, she would have written him a note and sent him flowers. She was so proud. And I just, I loved that moment. I loved that moment. And maybe at the time, at 10, I didn't realize how profound it was. But maybe I did because it stuck with me. But the joy of baseball or just sports in general or just any type of distraction that we get emotionally invested in and something that means something to us, as trivial as it may be, because I know a lot of people are sitting there going, it's just baseball. Why would you cry? It doesn't matter. She did. She was happy. That team brought her joy. This lady lived through the Great Depression, by the way. And and she was so poor that she literally told me on multiple occasions that she didn't even know that there was a Great Depression because their life didn't even change. <laughs> just like we we had the same amount of money before as we did after, which was zero, Right? This woman had, you know, watched her, you know, son go in and out of jail and drink himself half to death. She'd lost her husband uh, five years before she'd lost so many siblings. but the Braves meant so much to her, and she was always happy. And that's the thing about my granny. Almost every time she cried, it was tears of joy. Now, granted, my granny could also... She would read the obituaries, as all old people do, looking for people that she knew, but she would also actively cry for people that she didn't know. She would just read someone's obituary and start crying. She was a very sweet woman. But these were tears of joy, and it meant so much to me, and I was so happy for my granny, and it just it's so cool that she was just a Southern, an old Southern lady, born in 1920, was profoundly proud, of a man from the Dominican Republic, just really, really does it for me. And uh, I also must mention, we lost that game. (laughs) Which, by the way, I didn't even know until I just looked it up. We didn't even win that game. But that, because in my my memory, it's like that was a walk-off, we won the game. But here's the thing, it didn't matter. Because my granny would get upset when the Braves lost. Like, Granny could never understand the concept of they play 180 games a year and they can't win them all. She did not agree with that. She, she would get upset when the Braves lost. They could be having a wonderful season and they just lose one to the Phillies and she's, it's over. I just, we can't play worth a flip, you know? But on that day, she was not sad that we lost because her boy, Raphael Belliard had gone yard for the first time as a Brave And the first time in 10 years. And I love that moment. And I'm certain that during that game and after that game, I was sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor. uh, And my granny, because she she didn't have a lot of money, we couldn't just, unless I brought my ball from home, we were not gonna have a ball. She would roll up her pantyhose and throw me ground balls from her blue leather chair. And, uh, and that's just special to me. So anyways, I just wanted to share that because I got, I've sort of got Braves fever again, even though it's not looking good for us tonight. Y'all have a great day. I'll holler at you tomorrow with something else and, uh, love y'all. Take care of yourself. Listen to putting on airs, listen to, uh, the well-read podcast, all that good stuff. Hey, Christmas is coming up. Uh, so if anybody in your family is a fan of mine also, and they would like a, uh, a cameo from me, you can do it on the Cameo app. But also, uh, since y'all are my Substack people, you know, actually, you could probably just DM me and we could work out a special discounted thing. How about that? I mean, what's the point of y'all being here if you don't get cool stuff and you don't get treated better than other people who aren't here because y'all clearly i love all of my fans but clearly y'all are the best ones (laughs) so anyways love y'all talk to you later bye bye oh i also i forgot to mention um that every year during the holidays i do offer to do free cameos uh, for people who can't afford them, but would like to give a unique gift to somebody. So like if, you know, because it, dude, it gets stressful around the holidays and you gotta, and every year it's like, there's more kids, you gotta buy more for everybody. So if, uh, if I can help you knock one present off your list uh, by, you know, if, if one of your family or friends or even you would like a, a personal shout out from the buttercream dream, Uh, You know, because I'm not just getting on there. I don't just get on there and be like, hey, it's Corey. Happy birthday. Bye. Uh, I'll put on a show, brother. You know, I do character work with the Buttercream Dream. I've been known to read uh, Shakespeare sonnets. I have uh, cut a wrestling promo. Uh, I've I've read the, 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 the preamble to the Constitution in the style of a wrestling promo at someone's request. I'll do anything for you. Uh, so just get at me in the DMs or you can email me at buttercreamcorey at and I'd be happy to take care of you. Uh, you know, again, as I say, if you can afford it and you want to do it, like, yeah, pay. Uh, but if you can not afford it, obviously I'll hook you up. Love y'all. Talk to you later. Hug you granny if she's still here and go Braves.